my name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome to Zen Parenting Radio. On the plate of things we're going to talk about today, stillness, uh, your buddy Ed Bacon. Well, we're going to continue discussing that book that we talked last week about the eight habits of love. Number one was generosity, which we talked about last week. This week, number two is stillness, which we've discussed before on this show, but always necessitates more conversation. Okay. And And then the next thing is, um, have you ever felt like you are the only parent that has to do certain things um, as far as your kids being extra needy? And you're the only parent that has to go with them somewhere. Right. Like there is a like a field trip and your kid feels like you have to stay. Or, you know, they go into a dance class and they tell you they want you to stay. So or, it's the balance between are we am I spoiling my kid if I go along or am I if I'm harming them if I don't go along? Exactly. And I actually wrote a blog about it last week. Um, of my own personal experience, because we've had a lot of experience with this. Do you feel like we're really close right now? We are. I, I, <laughs> so my leg is up on chairs right now because I played basketball today, and I'm icing it down. I know. You kind of have an old knee. Uh, I do, as a matter of fact. I mean, one quick tangent here. Um, I stopped playing basketball about six weeks ago because I hurt my knee. And I've been icing it and staying off of it and doing everything that I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. And my friend James Voos, who's a doctor, um, gave me a very informal... He's an orthopedic surgeon, mm-hmm. so he's highly qualified. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, it might sound scary, but it might just be a pre-arthritic knee. Yikes. Which means I didn't really hurt it. I'm just getting old. You just have arthritic knee. So I decided... Why don't we go to lots of parties and talk about your arthritic knee? <laughs> so I decided... <laughs> people do. I'm going to play through the pain, even though okay. I avoided the pain, hoping that my knee would heal on its own. And well, it did not. You didn't avoid it. You just worked on it. You were trying to get it healed I didn't up. play basketball. Yeah, you avoided playing. I avoided yeah. playing, you know, all the, all the beating that my knees take on the basketball court. And I'm just playing through the pain. Do you want me to give you my opinion on it? Let's hear it. I am not a doctor, just no. so you know that. No. I think that there is some truth to the fact that your knee is older. You know, it can't do maybe what it did 20 years ago, but I think there is always... An opportunity for some kind of healing. I think, yeah. I, I, I don't think I've resigned my fate like I'm going to have to do this from, from now to the end of time. Um, but right now, in this moment, I need to ice my knee after basketball. Except where it is. Except where Be it present. is. And you know what? It was awesome playing basketball today. I know. It's I was my excited second for you. day back in like six or seven weeks. and I'm, But I'm, I'm not going to go three or four times a week, though. I'm going to go right. maybe once a week. Well, and maybe that's best because then you'll try other things like... You know, like do a little yoga and Tai Chi that you learned a little bit about Tai Chi the other day. I have a neighbor across the street who does Tai Chi and I've always been kind of fascinated and I've lived across the street from him for eight years and I've never asked him about it. And he just showed up yesterday. Isn't that cool? With a textbook in hand. Actually, I said I was interested and then he went home and got a textbook and gave it to and me. And what did it say on the cover about Tai Chi? Tell the, tell the dads. Uh, it helps your sexual performance. Yes. I, that was interesting. Which was not exactly my motivation, but hey, if that's going to help, <laughs> hey, I, got, I got no issues. That's right. So let's go back. Oh, first, our first uh, partner is Helping Hands Maid Services. Um, give them a call. They are um, maid services all over the western DuPage suburbs area, of yeah. Chicago. Yeah. And their phone number is 630-530-1324. And their website is helpinghandsmaidservices.com. We use them once a month, and they're awesome. They're awesome. They're so good at what they do. And go to their Facebook page, Helping Hands, and like them because they always have really good tips, too. There you go. Um, so let's get into it. What's Ed Bacon talking do you want, about? Do you want to go with to stillness first? Yes, All right. because it's something I feel like I need the most work on because okay. I'm constantly 
Restless. So second habit to work on. Action item for everybody here. Stillness. What does stillness mean? Um, We can use different words. We can say meditation. We can say finding quiet. We can say downtime. We can say rest. Um, It doesn't matter what words you use. The point is that you have time to yourself where you can um, be conscious of who you really are Notice your thinking mind, which we um, in yoga call monkey mind, or if you want to take the voice a, inside your head, the voice inside your head, um, and just know, everyone, if you you know if you haven't listened to the show before, we say this quite a bit. Your mind is constantly thinking no matter what you do. You can't stop your thinking. It's not, you can um, be, become aware of your thinking and calm yourself down, but your brain's... Can't you reduce your thinking though? Well, I think that like you can slow it down in terms of being, but, but the point is, my point is that you can't stop a brain from thinking. Remember that part in Ghostbusters yeah. where the demon says, choose the destructor and nobody understands it, and Bill Murray finally says, oh, I get it, I get it. If we think of some entity that they're going to come and kill us. So everybody right. stop thinking about everything, and everybody stops thinking, <laughs> with the exception of Dan Aykroyd. Oh, I thought it was Rick Moranis. No, it was Dan, oh, Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd, and did. he thinks of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And that's who becomes the destructor. But I always thought, thought that scene was not realistic at all, because I think it's very... If somebody says not to think about something killing you, I think every single person would think of something that's going to kill you. Well, and that's the thing. I think when people um, hear about meditation or stillness, they assume that it means you're going to stop your thoughts. So then they go in a corner, in a closet, or sit down on a pillow, and they're like, oh, I can't stop my thoughts. This doesn't work for me. Whenever anyone says to me, meditation doesn't work for me, of course I listen and and respect their experience with it. But in your head, you are making fun of that person, thinking that they're idiots. I'm not making fun, but I'm thinking to myself, well, you're using the wrong language or you're coming from the wrong perspective of how it can be helpful because it's not it's really can i give you ed bacon's definition because it's a wonderful wonderful way to understand it dish it okay that means yes okay he talks about how when he's sitting in quiet for the first like 10 15 minutes a lot of he notices the thoughts thoughts are all over the place thoughts are all over the place and then after about 15 minutes they start to kind of go to the bottom kind of like dirty water mm-hmm. like you know you have dirty water and then all the dirt kind of goes to the bottom it settles thank you that's the right word it settles to the bottom and you start to see the clarity of who you really are that the thoughts keep going but you separate yourself from them so you're watching them not only are you watching them you realize they're a bunch of baloney mm-hmm. it's just your brain we get so caught up in our thinking that we think anything that we we're thinking anything that we think is true. We identify with our thoughts. We identify. There's no separation. And that's most people, right? Yes. You know, they think, well, if I think it, it must be true. You know, if I... And and we have to get comfortable with the fact that our thoughts aren't always honest. Mm-hmm. That they may be an experience we had or something someone told us, but it may not be true today. In saying that, the whole point of stillness is to recognize that. It's not to stop thoughts. It's to notice thoughts. Okay. I think I can do that. Yeah, I know you can. It's just a matter of chiseling out 15 minutes to... Because you chisel out your 15 or 20 minutes almost daily. Yes. And I barely ever do. It changes... First of all, I love it. It's not a chore. But when the first couple of years that I was doing it, it was a chore. Mm. And I'm saying that to everyone. For those of you who are like doing it, but you don't look forward to it, I've been there. But once you do it and make it a priority, you realize a day when you don't do it isn't quite as clear. 
And that's the difference that I noticed is when I don't do it, I'm a little more frazzled, I'm a little more connected to thinking, and I'm not as patient. Well, and I also think that the um, what you call it is important because when you use the word meditation, that works for you. But mm-hmm. some other people might be jaded against the term meditation. Yeah, it, it may sound somehow religious or uncomfortable for them or something. Or it, or they might think meditation is the absence of thoughts. Yes, true. Um, so a term that you have used quite often is sitting in quiet. That's what I say to the girls a lot. And that is a much easier definition to grasp than meditation for me. I'm still not doing it. So what would you say to the person here? I'm your husband. You are. You know I would probably benefit from this. Yes. But you know 99% of the time I'm not doing such a thing. How would you convince me to do it? Well, um, only by doing it myself. And but by, you're doing that, and I'm still not doing it. I know, but I, like anything else, you try so many things. It's like you didn't do Chai Chi a couple months ago, but now all of a sudden it's coming into your awareness. Like I think you'll eventually get there, and I can continue to tell you my experiences like mm-hmm. we are right now, but there's, you know, what am I going to do, threaten you and tell you to go sit down? I think the thing that that's important, not only... Um, you know, getting you to understand the importance of quiet time. But I like that my children understand that I, when I go meditate or when I say I'm going to go sit in quiet, they respect that time. Now, my children are older. My um, youngest daughter is five. So if I had a one-year-old, obviously it may not be as easy, even though I think you can sit in quiet with a baby wandering right. around you, even sitting with you. Right. I used to do that with Sky. Part of the practice. It's part of the practice is can you have some quiet while someone's sitting with you? And oftentimes you're so calm that they actually love that space. I'm not saying that happens all the time. I've also had children hold onto my face and yank me when I'm trying to, you know, but for the most part now, when I tell the girls I'm going to go sit in quiet, they respect that time and they don't even come to the door. Well, the metaphor that I think you've used is, let's just give the example of with a kid around you and they're not letting you sit quiet. Right. The metaphor you've used is like an ocean that with Mm -hmm. the waves crashing. And I would say that the kid pulling on you and, and making noise are the waves crashing, but underneath the surface of the sea is stillness always um so that's that was a nice other uh, metaphor i want to mention but i have an idea for me okay let's hear it um 15 minutes seems insurmountable to me okay so maybe tomorrow i will sit for one single minute there you go i think they even have like websites or youtube clips of like one minute meditations sure. but what i would say is i wouldn't get involved in someone else's version of meditation a lot if if you are very interested and you want to read books and everything that's great i'm not saying don't study but if you start to think i'm going to learn how to do it i'm going to read a book and i'm going to go on the internet and learn then you're missing what could be very valuable to yourself like do figure it out what feels right for you well and i would challenge you okay. to say if i i learn differently than you do yes i have about 15 um, for dummies books. Yes. Teaching soccer for dummies, chess for dummies. I got all these dummy books. Dads for dummies. Make dads for dummies. <laughs> they probably have a dads for I'm dummies. I'm sure they do. Fatherhood for dummies. Fatherhood for dummies. I'm sure they do. Um, so I, I would say, um, I mean, I think you would create the space for me to allow me to do it in any way I would so choose. Oh, I don't care how you do it. But so I guess my challenge is maybe I need a website or something to or a book to kind of get me comfortable or familiar with the idea. 
instead of just saying, no, it's got to be yours? Like, can you no, distinguish I between those? I didn't say, oh, it's got to be yours. What I'm saying, I, I don't care. I feel very detached from how you do your, or anyone listening, do whatever you want. But the thing I don't like when people get tied into is that academic mentality where there's a right way to do it, and I'm going to read a book and figure it out, and if it doesn't work out that way, therefore I'm doing it wrong. That's what a lot of parents do. They get a book. If my child doesn't fit what this book says, somehow my kid is flawed or I'm doing it wrong. We have to let go of that and be present with the experience we're having. And if you read a book or do something and it says, ooh, in five minutes you're going to be feeling this way, and then by two weeks you're going to feel this way, and you don't, then you somehow think you've failed. And if you disconnect from that and then have your own experience, then you can decide, um, you know, how you feel. I actually just saw Christian Northrup uh, posted something on Facebook the other day saying, you know, a guru stands for, it stands for G-U-R-U, meaning like... That's what they teach you? No, it's a, she was, It's kind of a funny... Guru is actually someone that you follow and that they kind of right. tell you how to right. live life. And, you know, instead, turn it around and be like, gee, you are you. Be you. Like, do it the way you would do it. So instead of having a guru, just be yourself. Well, be your own guru, which is one of the things I have on my vision board. Instead of looking outside yourself. Are you your own guru? Well, um, that is my, how do I say this? That is where I am in my self-awareness is that I realize that majority of my life I spent my time looking outside of myself. Reading a lot of books. Reading a lot of books. Um, to having other teachers tell me how to do things. And I learned a lot. And I don't look back on that. You with, don't dismiss the, no. the teachings that you learned. Thank goodness for all my having teachers. Having said that. Having said that, I realize it's got to come from me now. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the best word. Now mm-hmm. it needs to come from me. And maybe Where next, you're not, yeah. you would mad, rather have teachers. Right, exactly. Right. So okay. um, remember that part in What About Bob? Which part? Um, I'm sailing. Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray is in Richard Dreyfuss' office for the first time. And... Um, Bill Murray has all these problems and Richard Dreyfuss convinces him to do baby steps. Right. So instead of thinking about, oh, how am I going to get from this doctor's office all the way to my apartment? Right. You think of baby steps. You baby step into the hallway. You baby step into the elevator. You baby step onto the bus. And that is what helps Bill Murray's character for all of four minutes. And do you know what I would call baby stepping? What my language would be? What? Be present. Be there for just this. It's like the discussion you and I were having last night about goal setting mm-hmm. and about having a strategic plan. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's not that I dismiss how it can help, but I think it doesn't make sense to focus on always looking in the future when if you're not here, if you're not doing what feels right right now, then you're not you're not getting the full experience of living if you're constantly looking towards something else. So to explain to our listeners what we're talking about, we went over this kind of this long-term plan for our business. There's yeah. a parenting radio business. Mm-hmm. And I am somebody who values long-term planning. Mm-hmm. And you are somebody who values what we're doing right now. I value what I'm feeling that day in that moment and that that's the right choice rather than, well, I said two months ago I'd do this. Well, and my thing is it's not one or the other. But Correct. if you don't look ahead, you need to have a goal. You need to be able to see something down the road to shoot for. Um, amen. True. And I know you're not saying, well, I'm saying that too. I'm just saying it in a different way. I... I think it is more concrete to say, this is our five-year plan. This is what we want to do with our business one year down the road, two years down the road, three years down the road. And you are more... We Our brains function differently. and, and True that. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Safe 
to say. Safe to say. And so we both, I, of course, have a vision for what, but it's not a vision about it has to look this way because guess what? If it doesn't, and that's the difference. then we're disappointed. And that's the difference between you and I is I want something to look at and say, this is what I want it to but look honey, like. But honey, what if it goes then you to the right? It. Then you change it. Then you chitch it? Is then that you what chitch it. <laughs> <laughs> then you change it. But my point is, is that what if you end up in a really cool place, but you go, well, I didn't meet my goal, so therefore well, I... That's why your goals change. But okay. the thing is, you're not even going to get there unless you have that long-term vision. Well, me vision. too. Do you know, it's kind of like the Pagatine vision. I want to change the world, right? Mm-hmm. I want to help people. I want Who's people... Pagatine? Pagatine is the station that we're on. Pagatine FM, FM is who we belong to. Right. And I mean, nobody, our show... Nobody owns us. <laughs> Nobody puts baby I mean, in a corner. Nobody puts baby in a corner. But what we mean is Pagatim is who we have aligned ourselves with. We are right. on their station and we love them. And their mission has changed the world. They're not saying by twelve or 2014 we will make this much money. That's all just economic and status. I like the vision of change the world because it's easy to remember. It is. And, and I, you know, like any every day... I hope that in some way, through some conversation or email or blog or experience, that um, that someone feels better after we talk. Meaning well, that, you know, that's a goal for me. We're talking about Paget Team. They have a whole bunch of shows like ours. And this is like an informal plug of their shows. You guys, our listeners should go on there and seek out some other shows because they have shows just as good or better as the show that yeah, we have. Paget Team FM. So Pagateam.fm is yeah, the website. This was an unplanned promotion yeah. for our... Well, we love them. For our alignment principles. We love them. Do you want to talk about someone else we love, Dr. Kelly? Dr. Kelly. Yes, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. They do chiropractic in Elmhurst, Illinois, but they have uh, patients from Chicago and everywhere else. Listeners from all over this area go uh, to Dr. Kelly. Our family has been going there. Our family has remained healthy with the exception of my bum knee, (laughs) which Dr. Kelly is doing her best to help me out with. And you also get massages there? I do get, and that's some self-care. Yeah. I like the, the, it's a monthly massage deal where it's 49 bucks and you get a massage, which is probably half the price of most other massage places. And then if you get a second massage in the same month, it goes down to 39 bucks. That's cheap. Rama. So I haven't been able to pull that trigger, but I know one uh, one a month. That's that's enough. That's for me. good. So um, CairoTree dot com and their number is six three zero nine four one eighty seven thirty three. So our next topic is needy kids. Okay. So do you want me to start, or would you like? I to I kind of want you to tell the story while protecting the innocent. Okay. So <laughs> I'll start with this. Um, I wrote a blog because uh, about my daughter who was going to the dentist, and she wanted me to stay with her. Um, while she was in the dentist chair, the, um, the, the policy of the dentist that we go to is that when they're doing something like filling a cavity, they prefer to not have the parents there because they've had negative experiences where parents are so anxious and fearful that children have become anxious and fearful because anxiety and fear are contagious and kids feel their parents. So I understood why they had this policy, but I explained to them that I had told my daughter I'd be with her and that I was going to follow through on that. And you started that conversation the day before. So it's not like you nonchalantly said it as you're walking into no, the dentist office. No, I told office. This Skyler was a plan that Skyler knew about. She asked me, will yeah. you stay with me? Yes. Will you hold my hand? Yes. So I had already committed to her. So they weren't very happy with me. They weren't mean to me or anything at the dentist office, but they were annoyed. I, I hope that they knew that I heard them. It's just that I was not going to not be there. That's mm-hmm. kind of the... So anyway... The reason why this blog was meaningful is because, and it all ended up fine. Go to chicagonow.com, their self-aware parent. It's a really good blog. Thank you. Um, and we'll post it, we post it on our page, and I'll post it again after the show airs. But I, um, the, why it's important is I've been through this. I have three girls, so I've been through the whole needy thing where you have a child who wants you to stay at a birthday party or stay at the swimming pool or stay for a play date, and you feel like 
our feeling as parent is I shouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. And with JC being my first daughter, I struggled with that a lot because she was um, a little more reserved when she, she like now she's all over the place out and about talks to everybody. Hundred percent different than she was when she was four or five. When she was little, she was very uncomfortable if we were not there. Right. And so I did have to stay at a lot of play dates. I did stay at birthday parties. I went to classes I wasn't supposed to be in. Even had, though you were, there were no other parents there. I had teachers ask me to leave, mm-hmm. even though I had told JC I would stay. It wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. I mean. So at the dentist you were sitting on the floor. Why were you sitting on the floor? Because there's no chair in there because they don't have parents in there. And they do that on purpose. No chairs, no parents, no chairs. Yeah, and and I also just wanted to... I wasn't in there to have control over the dentist. I wasn't there to be like the authority. I just told her I'd be there. I'm just getting a visual of you sitting on the floor holding Skylar's hand. Well, and the funny thing, I didn't put this in the blog. I told you this when I came home, but I was sitting on the floor, so I was underneath the chair. And the only thing I had eye contact with was a stuffed kangaroo who was just down there so i just kind of hung out with this stuffed kangaroo the whole time and had kind of a conversation in my head because the kangaroo had a little baby in its pouch Mm -hmm. and i was just having a deep thought about pouching babies and you were metaphorically doing the exact same thing i was and i thought that's where the blog would go but it did i couldn't pull off the stuffed kangaroo conversation you just pulled it off (laughs) but what's interesting is you didn't walk in there like a ball buster Mm -mm. and say I am her mom, and I'm going to do, regardless of your stupid policies, you sat on the floor, you were quiet, you basically made your hand available to Skylar. Yeah, I just put it on her stomach, and, and she grabbed it. And while she was, you know, when she things were scaring her, she was squeezing yes, onto your hand, she right? Yes, she grab it. So you were useful yeah. to Skylar yeah. in that moment, and you put your uncomfortableness out of breaking the rules mm-hmm, aside mm-hmm. for the sake of your daughter. And my initial response was... I wasn't part of the conversation with Skyler beforehand, so it's tough for me to say what I would have done, but I could very easily have said to my, said, you know what, Skyler, they don't let me in there, so you're going to have to do this like a big girl. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I, I don't know why I'm saying other than to be completely honest with the audience, like you, you did what you thought was right. I, I may have been weak and caved and said, and succumbed to the rules because sometimes, you know, it just depends, like I don't know. It's just a weird circumstance. Like It is. And like I said, it's not comfortable. Like you said, I don't walk in there and say I'm in charge and I'm, you know, you people are awful. It, mm-hmm. They're they're right for having their policy. They have had enough experiences to know that sometimes the parent being there can not can be a negative situation. But here's the thing. You know how we were just talking about stillness? Yes. When you feel something in your gut and you know what feels right. Um that's what you need to go with. Mm-hmm. And the only, and, and sometimes that's hard to hear and feel, and that's something that stillness helps with. Where I heard their policy, and you know me, I'm a rule follower. I mean, maybe not to Most the extent you are. Most all of the time. Yeah, I'm not like someone who goes in and tries to shift everything around. We have friends that do that. We have certain friends in our lives that, regardless of anybody yes. else's, and they just kind of pounce through the door and do whatever they so Their expectation please. is entitlement. You right. know, like I exactly. I should be the way I want. And that's not who you are. No, not at all. And 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 so my point is is that I didn't go there thinking they were wrong and I'm going to show them how wrong they are. It was just about her and what she needed. And and the thing is is if we that's that's intuition. Parents know. There have been times when, you know, when Skyler goes to school and she really hasn't been like this for 2 years, but you know, stay with me. Mm-hmm. And you know, and Mrs. Byerly who we love dearly who helped us with all of our kids when they were in the twos preschool, 
I did leave mm-hmm. because I knew she was in good hands. I did not tell her I would stay. Right. And I knew that we had to have that separation experience. It was so good for both of us. It was good for both of us. And I knew that Mrs. Byerly would be there for her. Right. And so, and this happened with JC, Cameron, and Skylar. So there are times when that separation is good. But then there, and this is in the people, and so many people want rules. Well, like, when do you do it? When do you don't? This is intuition. This right. is, you got to feel it in your gut. But I think it's important to point out is it's not like every single time any of our kids want us, we don't cave to all the rules around it mm-hmm. and do it. It's, no. it's very dependent on the circumstance, what's going on in the day, your intuition. So I don't want to paint the picture of, hey, whatever your kids want, just do it because that's for the best long-term health of your child because there's separation is can also be a very good thing and there are things like the kids have to go to school they Mm -hmm. can't stay home so they're going to have to figure that out but that doesn't mean that we can't walk them in that doesn't mean that we can't do our part to help them feel comfortable because i think the thing my uh, girlfriend and i were just talking about this um right before we started the show i'd like you to tell that story and well she was saying that she's struggling because her daughter also um needs her a lot and wants her to come to meetings and wants her you know like she had this little girl how old is this 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 little girl's in first grade okay and she the in between years the in between years and this mom is struggling because she's like i feel like i'm the only parent who's doing this i feel like my daughter it it," she goes i i know it's about me that i'm uncomfortable and i just wish she'd be done needing me Mm -hmm. and i totally respect that because i've been there and i have been her you know so i know what that feels like but it's just a small moment in time because she has an older daughter and that older daughter is now pretty much over that which Mm -hmm. ours are also so we have perspective you know it's easy to let the moment you're like oh am i when she's in fourth grade is she still going to want me to go to these silly meetings even though no (laughs) other parents go that doesn't happen no but we as parents project into the future thinking am i harming my kid by being here and in many occasions you're actually helping if you stick around well something that i i believe is that the only way that children feel secure in themselves is if they've experienced the feeling of security. Mm -hmm. So we, at some point in their lives over and over again, not just some point over and over again, we have to help them with that sense of security. Then they integrate that as their own Mm -hmm. because they know what it feels like. It's just like, you know, that great quote that I've been seeing on Facebook lately about our child's inner voice is us. What that inner voice, that running dialogue, that tape they have in their head, that voice that they have in their head as they grow up, those are our words that they're replaying. Those are the things that are said in their home growing up. Those were, And we have to remember that. We play a role in their sense of security. So hold it. Back up. Yes. So you're saying um, when our kids grow up, they're going to have an inner voice, and a good part of what that inner voice is are literally the words that they remember of what comes out of our mouths. If, Part of it, it may be literal words, and part of it is the energy of what we say. Is the is the world a safe place or a not safe place? Mm-hmm. Is the world is the universe kind or are we constantly in fear? Right. That energy is what you pick up from your parents, and it's not about blowing smoke and saying, "Oh, you're always safe." You know, we teach we teach safety rules and we teach them how to get along in this society in an appropriate way. But we also need to give them perspective on the world is a good place. You are a good person. You know, we are giving people because Mm -hmm. then that's the belief system Mm -hmm. that everything else comes off of. Well, and it's a balance between the two because we've said we've beat up the 10 o'clock news quite a bit on the show and how it's 90% of it's negative, negative. except for the last four minutes of sports, which Which can be negative. If, when the White Sox lose. If the Sox lose, which they, as of the taping of the show, it's we're not looking so hot. I know. So, um, But I say that because, so we don't um, 
basically show the negativity that everybody that most other people do on you know the news and things like that having said that whenever i don't know what the right age is going to be but eventually i'm going to take my girls to a self-defense class right and teach them that they need to know how to protect themselves Mm -hmm. so you kind of have your foot in one world and you have your foot in the other world too it's not one or the other it's both. But do you, it's all about and it's all about the energy of how you teach them. Are you teaching them because the world is unsafe and it's an awful place? Or are you teaching them so they feel empowered mm. and so they don't feel right. like the world is going to, you know, overcome them? Like, it's language. It's And people will say, oh, that, you know, like you would Semantics. say, oh, that's just words. Right. It's not. Right. It's the way you feel about things. If you're becoming, if you're doing self-defense because you're going to, you're going to feel that someone's going to, you know, attack you every second. That's the way you view the world. Well, and I like the word that you just used. You're like, because I said, well, how do you teach a self-defense class without having some fear in it too? Because the whole idea is to defend oneself against some exterior thing that is trying to harm you. But you said empowered. So, hey, girls, we're going to a self-defense class to empower yourselves to be able to go through this to world. take on the world because sometimes self-defense is not just about learning how to fight mm-hmm. it's when you walk down the street keep your shoulders back keep your head up look forward mm-hmm. keep your purse strapped across mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. um Act as if you know what's going on in your body, your body language. The people who get their purses stolen and the people who, you know, can often be targets Mm -hmm. are the people who aren't aware, Mm -hmm. who are looking down, who have that, like, you know, caved in, weak exterior. And and again, it's not about blaming. It's just about saying there are little things we can do to be bigger in our space. We got to talk about our last partner. Okay. Avid Company Painting and Remodeling. Give them a call. It's fall, which means it's time to paint. Yes. I just made fall that Fall special. I just Do made people that paint up. in the fall? Sure. Okay. And then uh, I think you can get like your own sports colors at Home Depot too. Cool. So uh, Avid Company will do that for you. Avid does everything, as my nephew would say. <laughs> they do. 630-956-1800. Give them a call. Um, so we're doing two different type. We're, we're doing that transition now. Okay. So Live if show. you're listening to this live, that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. If you're listening on demand, hang tough with another three or four seconds, and we are going to get into uh, Halloween stuff. Oh, yeah, and and a little more empowerment. Yeah, self-defense stuff. So uh, this is Todd Adams saying goodbye. This is Kathy Adams. And cut. All right. We're getting pretty good at that. I know. That couple seconds. I hope nobody just tunes out because they think we're gone. So are we going to talk about um, this whole Halloween thing that I... So I got a bunch of emails yeah, today. About- I literally got five emails from different moms. I'm on this eMoms thing, which is uh, a, a Facebook thing um, for mostly moms in the community, but I, I'm on there also. It's eMoms and Todd. <laughs> e-moms and- <laughs> so there was like six posts about there about, hey, Halloween's coming up. Make sure you check out the, the geographical map showing where all the sexual offenders are. Uh-huh. And this is going to be weird because I haven't planned out what I'm going to say, but... Um, obviously, we need to do everything in our power to keep our kids safe. Mm-hmm. But it's just so funny. Like, you see a blip on a map, and I see it, and I say to myself, this is a bad person who doesn't deserve any attention, you know, who who is just bad. Mm-hmm. And first of all, I don't know a whole lot about, you know, what, what the technical term of sexual offender is. Like, it, it doesn't mean they're all, like, murder rapists or things like that. Like, there's... No probably some some lesser things that happen 
but still cause you to have that person on the map. Right. Well, like things like if um, I remember there was a story about, um, you know, a 17-year-old or 18-year-old who had a girlfriend who was 15 Mm -hmm. and they were having sex. And again, not condoning that. That's the HBO story. Was it? Remember that HBO story? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was about the boy who went to prison. Yeah. But anyway, and he will be forever a sex offender Mm -hmm. because he, that's statutory rape. And again... It's not about then assuming that everybody who is a sex offender is okay. Mm -hmm. It's just, I don't know exactly what you're getting into, Mm -hmm. but I I think that there is a difference between awareness and fear. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm trying to get across because... You don't don't get me wrong. There's a part of me that says, "Oh, don't you know, stay away from that house. That house is bad. That person is bad." You know, saying it to my kids, um, but maybe maybe they made a mistake ten years ago, mm-hmm. and they have seen the error of their ways. And it's so funny. You have a map of these and Sex a little offenders. a little mm-hmm. thing on a map, and you automatically just assume evil, or mm-hmm. at least I do. Mm-hmm. And then I catch myself like maybe it's one of those circumstances mm-hmm. where. The guy dated a girl who's two years younger than him, but mm-hmm. it was statutory rape or whatever. I mean, so I don't know. I just well, why don't we say this? Because it's not like you and I are going to be going to, uh, you know, a sex offender's house on Halloween just to prove right. a point. Exactly. Like I, I am going to go with the registry and say this is a good choice just to not go here. Yes. But I think the big thing that you and I always try and talk about is sending anger, fear, or calling someone evil doesn't help the world in any way. Right. And that that doesn't mean we need to associate and become their best friend, but we can also send them vibrations of uh, forgiveness, Mm -hmm. of helping, you know, again, using the word empower, empowering them to be the best they can be now. Um, You know, there are some people who are pedophiles who that is their lifelong um, affliction. Right. And, you know, a lot of time in my therapy world, when I was a therapist, I'm still a therapist, but I don't practice like I used to, you know, there was an assumption that that was not something that could be cured. Right. Um, So I understand that. One thing you just said, and I think a lot of listeners might be like, what is Kathy talking about? Okay. Sending vibrations. Okay. What does that mean? It means if you... How do you how do you explain that in words? Well, I've always used that language. It's If you can't think about vibrations, sending good thoughts... I don't, even people who drive me crazy or maybe have done negative things in the world, for me to send them anger and negativity only harms me Mm -hmm. because I'm the one that feels that feeling of anger, negativity, and fear. Mm -hmm. So there, it's, it's not really harming them, Mm -hmm. meaning my whole intention is to send it to them. And you know, it may be harming them in a world way because I'm sending out negative vibrations, but my point is, is I'm hurting me. So the best thing I can do is make self-aware choices to maybe not participate in life with these people, but at the same time, send them hope Mm -hmm. and good thoughts of healing or redemption or whatever it is they need. And it might sound, um, people like to be angry. Yeah, it might sound Pollyanna. It does, and but I don't care anymore. I mean, people like to carry around anger and say, well, no, I'm not going to forgive them for this, for that. And you know what? For people who have had experiences with sex offenders, it would be a lot harder. Right. For people who were molested when they were children yes. or have had a child who was molested, it, it's this is not easy stuff we're talking about mm-hmm. here. But I think your whole point of bringing this up is the fear out there is similar to the 10 o'clock news right. and that we can be aware and wise without carrying around the negativity, the hatred, the hatred. Cause that just, you know, hate breeds hate and all exactly. that stuff. So if you can come to a place of, 
I don't know, love and forgiveness or acceptance and hope that, that whoever that person is has, has healed oneself to no longer. I mean, there's been murderers who have had a horrible, who made a horrible mistake one time when they were 17 and all of a sudden they're cast away from society exactly. for the rest of their life. Right. And I don't know, it's not what Jesus or Gandhi and all these I know. forgiveness. And these are the, and the thing about forgiveness that people don't understand, or, or hopefully they do, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Forgiveness is not about telling them that it's okay or condoning their behavior. Forgiveness is for you. Forgiveness is so you don't have to carry around the negativity of feeling awful and, and, you know, giving hate to someone because that eats you up inside. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is, is freeing you yes. from that heaviness. What's the deal with the poison and all that? Like if you get, if you um, get bit by a snake, it's not, it's the, not bite the bite that kills you. It's, it's the venom. Venom. And that venom is holding on to anger and not forgiving somebody. So something happens to you, somebody hurts you, mm-hmm. that happened, it hurt. But what hurts you more is carrying that venom in your body and that negativity and allowing that to eat you alive, mm-hmm. which it literally does. Think about anybody that you're angry with and you just get all riled up. Like, you know, I'll be thinking about something that makes me mad and all of a sudden my whole you know, demeanor changes. I'm carrying that. I'm hurting myself. And sometimes it takes a while to forgive. Mm -hmm. Um, Forgiveness is not something that a lot of people can do overnight, but I'm telling you, there's no better way to health. Well, and, and yeah, it's not about the other person. No, Forgiveness is about yourself. You got to release the anxiety or tension or, or negativity you're holding on to. Um, But we kind of think of forgiveness as, well, that person doesn't be deserve to be forgiven. You don't have to condone their behavior. Right, but you can forgive them for your own health. Exactly. So, And you can let go of it, and then they no longer have power over mm-hmm. you. Right. Because right now, when you're angry and you're, when you're carrying that around, that person still has power over you. Right. When you let go of it and you decide, I'm done with this, the power has been released. Sometimes when, um, I'll give you a visualization that I do sometimes when someone's really frustrating me or making me angry, is you can visualize being connected to that person. Right. And it and you can cut, you know, like cut that cord mm-hmm. or let go of that attachment or or send them off on a little ship, right. you know, yeah. and release that attachment to that person. Kind of yeah. like in uh, Star Wars where I'm doing a lot of movie stuff You today. sure are. You're like in an entertainment And Han mode. Solo is in the Falcon. Yeah. And they're totally screwed. Like the Empire's got all these Star Destroyers and all that. Which movie? The first one? I think it's actually Empire. I was going to say. And then um, they hook themselves actually onto yes. the, I think like the Star Destroyer. Right. And they think they lose him. And all he does is attaches himself so they do not show up on the radar. And then then they... Is this really connected to forgiveness? <laughs> and then they detach and they right. float away. Okay. And then they're fine. Then they're free. Except Boba Fett um, knew it and um, then hunted him down and then went to the City of Clouds. And that's when the trap was set for... And Luke. then Boba Fett dies in Return of the Jedi. And it's just a really not big death and everyone was really mad everybody about was it. mad the way Boba Fett was dismissed out of the series because he was this huge villain and George but was he a big villain he was the coolest no, looking villain no, by far no I, I think people who were like geeks like you who read the books oh, and knew, hey, oh. they thought that he was <laughs> he big, was uh, I didn't know who Boba Fett was he was a bounty hunter well, and he I'm was by far now. the coolest bounty, bounty hunter there's like five of them his mask his like his helmet was always scratched up and stuff I know that's he all the he wasn't well kept that's all the bad. <laughs> that's all the battles that he was in. Well, Boba Fett was mean, and then he made like this wimpy sound when he went down the stomach. 
Yeah, like he was a wimp, and right. everyone was like, "Way to let our hero, our, our, our hero, negative hero, yeah, the anti, anti- the hero, antagonist, antagonist, just die in the mouth of that that's mouthy thing. Not the mouth; it's a stomach. Oh, that and it was gets a stomach? digested over thousands of years. Oh my gosh, that's awful. Yeah, that's just an awful thing. That's right. Well, I like Yoda, so that's all. <sighs> so do I. I know he's the man. Um, so. A tournament of bad. Okay, let's hear it. Um, I have to look at my notes because I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I'm actually calling it on myself this week. Okay, good. Usually I make fun of you. Okay. But today I'm going to make fun of me. Okay. We have Netflix. Okay. And we have a queue of about 30 different movies and TV shows. Yeah. And for some reason, when we happen to have a half hour or an hour to watch TV together, Mm -hmm. for some reason, I will... Just search for more things to put in my queue. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Instead of watching what I've already designated as something worthwhile to watch, I will instead take another half hour just to find something, and then my half hour is done, and I don't get to watch anything. Well, and this is a problem for you with the radio, with the iPad. I'm constantly searching. Every time we sit down to watch something, you need to find 10 more things we could watch. (laughs) Or if we find something that's somewhat interesting, you have to click over to something else to see if that's even more interesting. That's your monkey mind saying something's better than where we are. And you know what? You lose me. I often just say, I'm just going to go upstairs. I know. I'm done. because Not out of anger, but out of your... But isn't it fun to just find new no, stuff? No, it's not. I like to listen to something and and enjoy it. And that's, you know. What about what we watched in, oh no, it wasn't, it was Redbox. We watched a movie called Jeff Who Lives at Home. That was good. We have to give that that movie a plug. Yeah, and that's a, a spiritual awakening it's movie. It's on uh, Redbox, and this is really good. It's a movie I had no expectations of. I didn't know anything about it, but for some reason, it called to me. Independent flick. And we watched it. It's with uh, Jason Siegel And Ed Helms. And Ed Helms. And, and Susan Sarandon. And it's really good. Yeah. And it's got like a spiritual backdrop. and I cried. Ooh, call the newspaper. <laughs> Kathy cried. <laughs> but um, it was really good it was really good and you know what else is really good that I feel the need to Me? call out you and New Girl is really good oh my gosh New Girl's a we great... laughed really hard at New Girl last night it was uh, actually we T-voted and watched it but I really like that show and I think about it all the time because I feel like I would hang out with those people and be really Happy. And I watch Parenthood, and you don't, don't. have the guts no. to watch Parenthood. Guts is that's not the right word. You don't have the brain. This is what I do all day. I don't want to then sit down and watch. Actually, Carrie, one of our yeah, um, I know. big friends and fans, wrote something like she's a super fan. She wrote Parenthood. Ugh. So I know that that something means happened. Something heavy happened. And I don't. That's. Not, I want to end my day with New Girl or Oprah or The Daily Show. I need something light. Wimp. Okay, whatever. Okay. Agree to disagree. I know. Um, so why don't we sell some books? Okay, uh, Self-Aware Parent Part 1 and Part 2. Um, they're Actually, I just brought a few over to the Daily Method today. So they're over there. They're at uh, Dr. Kelly's. Or go to kathycadams.com. Or go to kathycadams.com or Amazon. And then we have our YMCA thing, but we don't know when it is. Yeah, it's October 10th. Oh, yes, and we do. And uh, I think it's at 7 o'clock. But you can go to Leaning Tower YMCA um, in Niles, their website, or you can go to zenparentingradio.com, or you can go to kathycadams.com. How to... To uh, talk to your kids about sex. It's going to be, yeah, about curiosity and about sexuality and um, making sure that you have open communication with your kids because that's very important for their emotional, spiritual, sexual health. It really is. You want your children to have an understanding of their body. They deserve that. Mm -hmm. To hold back information because we're uncomfortable is unfair. Wow, that's really good. Yeah. Nice job. Thank you. 
Um, so that's it. Like us on Facebook. Help us spread the word. Our audience is growing every day, but um, I'm, grow ne- it more. I'm never satisfied. I know. Todd, Todd ne- always needs more. I do. More, more, <laughs> more. So that's it. Okay. Well, everybody have a wonderful week. Have a good one. Bye-bye.